Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. In just a few weeks, Jordan and I will be taking Finn to a place that has a lot of meaning and nostalgia for us. Disney World. (laughs) And while Finn won't remember any of this, we figure it's a good trial run for future vacations. Far away, but not too far. A place we are familiar with and know all the tips and tricks. And most importantly, it's a place that Jordan and I really love to go. Something about Disney World makes us instantly feel at ease and stirs up that feeling of being a kid again. And while we normally go in fall to see the Halloween decorations, this year we're looking forward to showing Finn all of the Christmas lights, something a 10-month-old should be able to appreciate. And while we don't really have a plan this year, we do know where we want to finish our evening at Epcot, in the Mexico Pavilion. As a kid, the Mexico Pavilion was always my favorite. You enter what looked like the ruins of an Aztec temple to find a Mexican street fair and a restaurant under the stars. But as we've gotten older, they've added some things, including a hidden tequila bar with some really good margaritas. But my favorite change they've made to the Mexican Pavilion happened after the movie Coco came out. Coco is a movie centered around the Mexican tradition of Dia de las Muertes, or Day of the Dead. Derived from the celebrations of All Saints Day and All Souls Day, Dia de las Muertes is celebrated on November 1st and 2nd. And while sometimes the Christian holidays can be much more somber, the Mexican holiday is much more celebratory. Families gather together in the graveyard or at home altars to remember those who have died, to recount stories, and to share food with the living and the dead. In the movie, a small boy uses the thinning of the veil between the worlds of the living and the dead on Dia de las Muertes to actually go find his family members on the other side. And Disney, not missing an opportunity to tie in their brand, has transformed the inside of the pavilion into a Dia de las Muertes market. Colorful calaveras, or skulls, line the shelves of the market, as do bright alabrijes, fantastical spirit animals. Marigolds, or the flower of the dead, sit in vases all over the place, and rainbow-colored pennants, like the ones over on our altar today, hang among twinkle lights under the stars in the pavilion. The Mexico Pavilion really is my favorite place to end the night specifically with an avocado margarita in hand. But what really caught my eye last time I was there was a sign right by the exit as we were leaving the ruins of the Aztec temple. It was a simple sign in both Spanish and English that read, there is more time than life. This idea, the idea that death is not a finality, but rather is a brief interruption to our life, is a deeply Christian message. We hear it today in the Revelation to John, and we celebrate it during the Feast of All Saints. We believe that due to the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, we do keep on living after the death of our mortal bodies, 
And not only that, that our worlds, the worlds of the living and the dead, are only separated by a thin, fluttering veil. Sometimes the veil ripples, and it can seem as though those who have died are just standing on the other side. We can hear their voices. We can sense their presence. Sometimes we talk of thin places, places in the world where the planes of the mortal and the divine, where the living and the dead, come close to each other. Some people talk of Iona in Scotland, or of graveyards, or even of the Holy Mountain in Swanee, Tennessee. But this weekend, the church marks not a thin place, but a thin time, with a series of holy days, All Hallows' Eve, All Saints' Day, and All Souls' Day, which we've now crammed into just one day on the church calendar, the Feast of All Saints. Instead of having to travel to a thin place like a mountaintop, Christians everywhere sense that time, too, can bring those who have died close to us. At this time of the year, we do not push away death, but we embrace our own mortality. We remember those who have brought such light to our own lives, and we remember those who have left a mark on God's kingdom by being followers of Christ. We call them by name. We tell stories about them. We dedicate flowers. We ring bells. And we await the day when we, too, will join them. In churches across the world today, we are baptizing new believers. And here today, we are baptizing a new Christian, Henri, into the household of God. All of those being baptized today, and all of us who have been baptized before, are marked as Christ's own forever. And forever truly does mean forever. Distance cannot separate us from God. Time cannot separate us from God. Death cannot separate us from God. As Paul said to the Romans, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God and Christ Jesus our Lord. In our godly play lesson on baptism, we learn that the light we receive on the day of our baptism is never extinguished. Instead, it is changed, transformed. Once we become part of the church, we remain part of the church, whether on earth or in heaven. All Saints Day is the time in the church year when the church militant, those of us here on earth, and the church triumphant, those who are now with God, remember that we are joined together to form the whole of the church, and that unification happens at baptism. In the day-to-day, we can miss out on the holy, the divine, the spiritual world. We can become so sure that the physical, the tangible, that this world here is all that is. But we do not have to wait until All Saints Day or travel to thin places to feel close to our loved ones or saints of the church or to the divine. At the Eucharist, every Sunday, the world of the divine and the dead come close to that of the mortal and the living. That veil that separates us flutters, and we know that they are close. 
Every Sunday, as we sing the Sanctus, we join our voices with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, all of those who have gone before us to sing holy, holy, holy. While this may have been even more pronounced when we actually buried people in the church or in the church graveyard, it is still a reminder today that the living are not the only ones worshiping God. Our praise of God does not stop at death. As we sing in the hymn Amazing Grace, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first began. And once we go beyond the veil, I for one hope the living church, the church militant, continues to join us in worship. The next time you want to feel close to someone who has gone before you, don't go to the graveyard. Instead, come to the communion rail. As Christians, we do not fear death because we know there is something even greater beyond that fluttering veil. That barrier is thin. And every All Saints Day, we feel the presence of those who have gone before us, those who are whispering from the other side. Today, as we remember those who have died, those who have left the legacy of this earthly church to us, those we love, those we miss, and those who we hope to join one day, We also remember that the lights lit on their baptism day have not been extinguished, but have been transformed. After all, there is more time than life. Amen.